do the Sikha uh, Parshas Chukas, Sikhil Aleph, in volume 8, Chelik Ches of Lukut Sikhas. Now, this is a Rashi Sikha, but it's a lot more than a Rashi Sikha. First of all, the Rebbe explains a Rashi, and then the other half of the Sikha, um, the Rebbe uh, explains the initial Torah, the inner meaning of Torah. And, you know, both, uh, you know, very, very. Uh, uh, interesting, you know, the Rebbe, again, it's like, uh, A, how the Rebbe takes every word in Rashi to make sense. You know, it's not, there's no coincidence, Rashi doesn't just say something like that. Rashi doesn't just make a heading. And, and you see how, how everything fits in. Because this similar Rashi is here, there, and everywhere. I don't know if there's any other commentator who troubles themselves to explain why Rashi changes a word here, a word there? Most of the people will tell you, oh, okay, you know, he just used this word. He used it over here. Rashi used the word Yetzirah. He used the word Sutton. He uses the word, he quotes from the Pasik, even though he can just say Chukas. Most of the commentators, I don't know if there's any commentator who would stop and say, hey, you know what? Let's make sense out of what Rashi is saying over here and how Rashi is writing here. And the Rebbe explains everything that it fits in so beautiful. Like uh, uh, you can actually see that every word in Rashi and everything else. So that's the first part of the Sikha. Uh, and then the Rebbe goes on to explaining the second part of the Sikha with the idea of Chakika, of engraving, and the two levels of engraving, as we'll see in the Sikha. Now the thing is like this the first part of the Sikha we'll do a little bit more, um, you know, more closely. That's the. Uh, the Rashi, that's a little easier. The second, uh, we'll try to finish the Sikha, but uh, we'll go a little quicker. So, okay. So, in the beginning of the Sedra, uh, Rashi quotes from the Posik. It says, Zois Chukas What does the word Chukas mean? Chukas means a statue. Chukas usually means a law that you got to do because Hashem said. So, the Rashi quotes from the Posik, Zois Chukas This is the statue of the Torah. And Rashi explains. Rashi says like this: Lefi shahasotn veumas oilam moinim es Yisrael loimar. The sotn, the nations of the world, they tease the Jews, and they say to them, "Ma mitzvah hazoyis? What is this mitzvah?" Rebbe has the word lochem because the previous Rebbe, as we'll see later on in the sicha, quoted this Rashi and he quotes the pasuk. Uh, quotes this Rashi there. He adds the word "Ma mitzvah hazoyis lochem." What is this mitzvah to you? And what kind of a reasoning is there to it? Matam Yeshba, what reason is there? So that's why the Torah writes over here, the Fika Chuka, it's a statue, it's a rule. It's a decree from before me. I made this rule. You got no right to question it, to think over it, to doubt it. Or We'll see the Rebbe will explain very specifically what the Rashi means. But before the Rebbe can come up and explain the explanation, the Rebbe wants to prove it and show you that this is actually what Rashi means because let's examine the Rashi. If what it seems like Rashi is saying, and this very simply, uh, Rashi is using the language, Rashi says, Lifikach Kosov Bo In other words, Rashi's right. That's why the Torah writes Chukah. So in other words, Rashi has a question. Why does the Torah write Chuk over here? And Rashi says, that is the reason why it's Chukah 
to tell you that you have no right to question it. Which means, as Rabbi explains, articulates over here, that Rashi is not coming to explain the meaning of the word chukah. Rashi is saying, Why did the Torah write here chukah? Not explaining the meaning of the word chukah. Because that's, Rashi has already explained earlier in many places. And the Rebbe quotes in the uh, different places. And the Rebbe actually, in different places, this Sikha and another Sikha, the Rebbe explains the change of languages in the various different Rashis. Today we're only concentrating on this Rashi over here, the Rebbe concentrating on this Sikha. But this whole concept that a chukah means a rule that doesn't have a logic to it, that the chukah means a uh, statue, a command that without reasoning, Rashi said it in many places. Now, if you say many places, maybe it was some of the places that Rebbe quotes over here, was in Parshas Toldis, was in Parshas Bishalach, that's in the Chumash Breshis, that's in the Chumash Shmois, and the Parshas Achre, which is in the Chumash of Ayikra, and there's another place in Kedoshim. So maybe you're going to say that since Rashi already said it in a previous Chumash, so maybe he has to say it again because it's a new Chumash, it's Bamidbar. But Rebbe says, we can't say that. Don't tell me that because we're a new Chumash, Rashi has to remind you or wants to write it to you again because in Bamidbar itself, we read already previously in Bahaloy in two places, and in Shlach, in one place, the Torah uses the word chukah. Uh, and Rashi doesn't say what chukah is. So you can't say that Rashi needs to explain the word chukah. So why doesn't Rashi have to explain the word chukah? Because he told it before. It's in a different chumash that doesn't matter. Rashi relies on the fact that a student didn't forget the meaning, the translation of chukah, from one book or the other book, from one sefer to the next one. So Rashi is not trying to tell you what chukah. Rashi's language is, and the Rebbe actually explains in the others, and elsewhere the Rebbe explains each one of the places why Rashi had to repeat it over there, which is again not the discussion over here. But over here, all what we're proving is, all what we're saying is basically the Rebbe is saying that Rashi never, intend, that Rashi never intended to explain the meaning of the word chukah, but Rashi was intending to explain that it seems to be an extra word chukah. Because the Torah could have just said, Zois HaToyrah. Why does the Torah have to add the word, Zois Chukas This is the law. Not this is the statue of this law. Why does the Torah write Chukah? And the Rashi says, because you have no Torah rights to you, you have no right to question it. That's the Torah, not the meaning. But according to this, since Rashi is not telling us what Chukah is, because we know that already, so Rashi should just say, short, because it doesn't have a reason. That's why it says chukah. Rashi wants to explain why did he write chukah over here to tell you that there's no reason for him. And that would explain why there's an extra word chukah. But why does Rashi have to bring down this whole language that the Sotan, the Umasa'ilam, they are uh, teasing them. This has already been said before, and many times in Rashi's interpretation. So Rashi didn't really need to say, repeat that. So, 
Wow, the Rebbe explains. Let's do the first question. So, what the Rebbe says that Rashi is not coming to touch the word chukas yet from the language that Rashi says, but Rashi is coming to explain that there's an extra word chukas if we should say that that's what. That's only what Rashi is telling us over here, because we'll see in a minute the Rebbe teaches differently. So then, why does Rashi have to explain this whole long drasha, this whole long idea that the Sotnum Musa'ilam could have just said there's no reason. That's what the Torah wrote. Hook over here. Number two, the Rebbe compares this Rashi and sees there's changes between the Rashi writes over here and what the Rashi wrote in the previous Sedras. So, uh, and the Rebbe brings three changes that Rashi made for the previous sedras. In the previous sedras, Rashi uses the language Yetzer Hore. And but also uses the word Sotma. So you see, the Rebbe is going to explain that all these details are very important the way the Rebbe explains what Rashi really means over here. And number two, uh, in some of the places, um, like in the Parshish Toldos, uh, it's always mentioned the word Yetzir Hore in all these three places, Zayin Toldos, and Zayin Bishalach, and Zayin Achrei, that the Rebbe quotes in Hore too. So over there is always Yetzir Hore. But sometimes in, uh, in, in Toldos over there it says also Umisoylom. But the bottom line is, it always says Yetzir Hore. It doesn't say Sotan. By us it changes to the language of Sotan. And another change is over there, Rashi says, either the Lashem Meshivin, uh, which is in Toldois, uh, and or the Lashem Mekanter. But in our Pasik it says Moinim. The Rabbi said there's a difference between Mekanter and Moinim and Meshivin. And number three, instead of the Lashem over there, it says, Yatem Rishoim Lihi Potter. That's the language in Achrei. Uh, and over here, he says, Lihipoter would mean to exempt yourself. Laharir uh, would mean to think about it. And the Rebbe is going to explain that you're going to see that what Rashi means over here, all these languages are precise, exactly. So the Rebbe has said three languages, three points the Rebbe brought out in our Rashi. First of all, there is no Yetzirah, there is... Uh, Sotan, actually there's also Musailo. And over there is the language of Meshiva Makatan of here is Moinim. And three, over there it's Lihipoter in Akhre, and here is Akhre. Not exp- explaining all the Rashis. Now, even though the Rebbe just said, because Rashi says Lefiko Kosovo Chuko, that the, the problem is, why does it say Chuko over here? So you see what Rashi's problem is. But Rashi is not really explaining the word Zoyus HaToyro, he's explaining to you the word Chukah. So why does Rashi in the heading bring down also the word Zoyus Chukah HaToyro? So the Rebbe asked three questions and let's review it. First question is, what is Rashi's commentary coming to tell us over here? When the Rebbe learns, Rashi's commentary is coming to teach us why did the Torah have to put in the word Chukah? The Torah could have just said Chukas, the Torah could have said Zoyus HaToyro. Many times you find Zoyus HaToyro without the word Chukas. And what would be the answer to that question? The answer is that it's a non-reason. And the Torah writes you. 
You should know right away. The Rebbe will explain a little bit later more. That would be the question. But the Rebbe has the question of that. If that is the pshat, why doesn't Rashi say it shortly? Why doesn't he say it briefly? Instead of saying, he didn't have to say the Ubisoilum and everything else because that part of a chukah we already know. Number two, the Rebbe questions the various different changes in this Rashi. Mainly over here it says Yetzir Hara, and over there, I mean, uh, over here it says Sutton, in the other place it says Yetzir Hara, and over there the Lashon Meshivim Akantrin, here is the Lashon Moinim, and there's also a difference. Over there it says Lihi Potter, here it says you're not allowed even Lahadar Achred, it means something differently. And why does Rashi bring down the heading of Zois HaToyda too? He's just explaining Chukas, the Chukas seems to be extra. So the Rebbe explains like this in Noise Base. The problem that Rashi really has in this posik is because it says Zois Chukas HaToyda, that this is the statue of all the Toyda. That means that Poraduma is the only Chuk of the Toyda. But we know already that there are many other chukim. Rashi said already earlier that also, for example, in uh, in, in uh, Parshim Shalach, uh, this is in uh, previous parshas that we quoted before from the different Rashi's that I've quoted. That also, like for example, eating chazir, uh, wearing shatnis, those are chukim. Uh, and Rashi actually adds over there in the portion of B'Shalach, he also adds the words Zukayetzaboy, meaning and there's others. So, which means we already know that there's other chukim. So, why does the Torah say Zois Chukas Torah that this is the only statue? So, we have to say that Chuka in the understanding over here is a specific paraduma, which means that there's two categories within the chukim itself. Number one, there is such which generally they are understood. In other words, they are still, some, some, they're logical, but there is questions and certain not understandable, you know, it's not, doesn't make sense logically in some, some manner, but it doesn't mean the whole thing doesn't make sense. You have a second category, uh, those which are totally not in the category of the one's intellect. And therefore, over here, when the Torah is talking about a very specific, it says, Zois Chukas HaToyrah. Because Poraduma is actually the only Chukah of the entire Torah of this category, which has totally no rationale in the Seichel. And then actually, the Rebbe quotes from the Medrash that Shleim HaMelech actually said about all the mitzvahs, when Shleim HaMelech said that on all the Chukim, uh, he understood, but this one he didn't understand is only Poraduma, which is Pradama, the rabbit, and Huma, the brings down the note over here. So there is a special category. So, therefore, you can see Rashi, when he brings in the portion of Ayikra uh, and Inachre, uh, so over there, when Rashi brings the example of Chukim, he only mentions eating chazir, putting on shatnis, and he says taras mechatas. Now don't mistake that. Taras mechatas means when you sprinkle the water on somebody who's become a tumei mace, uh, then the water uh, cleans him. That is also a chukah Rashi mentioned over there. But Rashi does not mention poraduma. 
The Taras Mechatas is a follow-up to the Poraduma. First you take the red heifer and you burn it and then you burn it and then the ashes and then you make the mixture. So Rashi brings down the Taras Mechatas and Rashi does not bring down Poraduma because actually the, the law of Poraduma is in totally a different category than the, all the other ones. Now, we're not going to go into Rashi does mention Poraduma. Rabbi that deals with that in the Ha'are, in one of the other places, in the portion of Beshalach. And the Rebbe explains because that Rashi talks about all parts, it talks about all kinds of cooking. By us, the Rebbe just shows you a distinction from the Parshas Achrei, that over there, they don't specifically don't count Poraduma. They count only the Meichatas. I mean, this is assuming, I mean, as the Rebbe learns, that Meichatas is not just a general word for Poraduma, as we'll see as the Rebbe will explain. So, the Torah says, there's something unique, a chukah which has no logic at all. Why is that? What's the difference? Taras Meichatas, when you sprinkle this water, the mixture from the burnt red heifer, with the ashes, with the, and you took the Maim Chaim, uh, is not something which is totally irrational. This is something which is understood logically. Just like we don't, we never find that when a person goes to the mikveh that he becomes clean, so it doesn't say, Rashi doesn't say, well, that's considered a chukah. Because when you learn things on a simple level, uh, the um, doesn't, uh, so you can understand that that you can explain that water, which is mikvah water, have the power to clean even uh, spiritual uh, impurity. So that's why. Why do Why did Rashi never explain? Why did Rashi never say mikvah is a is a uh, irrational? Because even though that's physical, this is spiritual. We can understand that water can clean just like it cleans physical. Can also impact the person spiritually. However. The mechatos can also, and, uh, along those lines, we can explain the mechatos also a little bit. Uh, that sprinkling water can clean somebody? That's not something which is totally, make, it doesn't make sense. The problem with the sprinkling water, why is it considered a chukah, is surprising is because how could you have that by sprinkling a few drops of mechatas, uh, that should be sufficient. When you go to the mikveh, you have to immerse your whole body in the, in the water. So it turns out it's something illogical. How could a few sprinkles make you tired when normally, even when we use the water, we use a whole thing of water? So, because the tahara, the fact that the mechatas, the sprinkling water of the paraduma, generally speaking, is a something which is enlarged in logic. So that's why it's not distinguished from the other chukim. And that's why Rashi brings it down in chukoy sai, tishmeru, when they bring down over there, in the plural, that's also a chukah. Because that talks about the category of chukim that are not totally of, devoid from logic. They're not totally of logic. As opposed to the paraduma which means the making of the paraduma. That is something which has really no logical explanation. 
What is the Poraduma? We don't know what the Poraduma is. We cannot consider it to be a carbon. It's not a carbon. Because, number one, no part of the Poraduma was brought in the Mizbech. And number two, that everything about the Pora and all the details of the Pora need to be done, everything need to be done outside of all three camps, which is directly the opposite of all carbonus. Where do you make carbonus? Dafka, you have to make it inside it. In the courtyard, it has to be in the place of the holiness. How come the... Now, the only other carbon we do find, on Yom Kippur, they did send away a goat uh, outside uh, and they threw it off a cliff. That's also, the Poraduma is not similar to that goat that was sent away. So there's a few things. In addition, it started off on the inside. That goat first was in the Mizbech and you had the whole process over there. You had two goats and you made a lottery. One was La Hashem, one was La Zazel. So it started off in the beginning. And this Poraduma never comes to the Mizbech. It goes all the way outside. So besides that, uh, and the fact that it was, as the Rebbe explained the parentheses, the fact that it was inside and you said it away, you can explain that when you send away that goat to a, uh, a land of, uh, a desolate land, so you're sending away all the sins, you're loading it onto the goat, he carries on him, so you took the, so you understand a little bit. So, okay. So that's one area that it's not a carbon. Uh, another thing it's different than the Sawyer. So that's one thing that is different than the Sawyer. Another thing it's different than the Sawyer is because that goat is sent away. This goat belongs to Hashem. And so the, the, the uh, not the goat, I mean the Pora. The Pora, you're making it la Hashem. So, it's not like the goat which is going away, carrying away the sins. And the Torah tells you that you have to sprinkle the blood uh, opposite the Mizbeach. So you have to see the Mizbeach. And the Torah calls it a chatos. That is like kochi. So, what's going on? This is not something which is a korban. It's not inside. And yet, it has a lot of halachas of a korban. I mean, seemingly, it needs to be done by a skan kohen godel. It needs to be facing, sprinkling the blood facing the mezbeach, and the Torah calls it a kosher. So it turns out that Poraduma seemingly has no logical explanation at all. Uh, and therefore, it's not included in chukosa as a plural, which means all kinds of chukis that have some sort of logic. That's what the Torah says, zois, this is the illogical guest mitzvah of the Torah, which has really no reason at all. The Rebbe also brings down that there is another uh, medrash brings down that one of the things that the Paraduma did, the people that dealt with the Paraduma, they became Tomei. And then it was Metaher, it was Metaher the Tmeim and Metaher the Tohirim. But the Rebbe says that's not such a um, 
problematic things in Pshutish al Mikra. And even though Rashi does bring it down, uh, the Rebbe brings it down, so that's a whole discussion in Haaretz 17 about that aspect of it. All right, let's review. So therefore, it doesn't have any sense. Therefore, it means that it's a special kind of chukah. Chukoy sai would mean those a lot. Zois chukas. This is a standalone. This is the chukah of the Torah. So now we understand also that because of this, in our posseg, Rashi uses the lotion of sotan and moinim. And Rashi also says you have no right lehar here to think after it. So the Rebbe is and not Yetzir Hora, and not Meshivir, and not Yat Rashan the Potter. The Rebbe points out the three, the three differences, which Rashi uses in the other places when we're talking about other category of Chukim. By this category of Chukim, Rashi used, by this special category, Rashi uses special language. And by the other ones, Rashi uses a different language because different category. It's very obvious that in the human intellect is in no way able to comprehend and is in no way compared to Hashem's intellect, right? Everybody understands that, even a child understands that. So when we're dealing with a mitzvah that a person has no comprehension at all, the Yetzir Hara cannot convince the person that the fact that you don't understand the mitzvah, the fact that you cannot really know the reason, so that's evidence that, God forbid, it's not from Hashem. Can't prove to you if something is illogical, because of the contrary. Why should a person even want to accept that a human being can understand the commands of Hashem. So if it's a, it's a illogical command that you don't understand, why would you, why would you even expect that you should understand it? You, you can't tell, the Yitzhara cannot tell you, oh, because you don't understand God's reasoning for doing the mitzvahs, that's a reason not to do that. Because, no, because I don't understand it because it's God's mitzvah. That doesn't mean, that means God understands it. I don't understand it. If we're talking about mitzvahs that do have some logical, make a little sense, and then you have questions. So there, the Yetzirah and the Umas Ha'ilam, the Yetzirah and the nation of the world, they can challenge you. Meshivin. Meshivin means they challenge you, they answer, respond to you, and they can prove to you that God forbid they're not from Hashem. Because how could it possibly be that Hashem would give you commands that don't make any sense so that the human intellect should be able to understand a little bit, and at the same time, he has questions. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's either or. It's either you understand or you don't understand. If Hashem gave you a mitzvah you don't understand, and then some of it you understand, that means there's something wrong over here. So there, in that case, the argument could be, Lee Potter, you shouldn't do the mitzvah. So the Abraham says, Chukah, I'm telling you, these are statues, you cannot exempt yourself. 
because what the nations and the people are trying to do to you, they want to free yourself. They want to get you not to do the mitzvah because they're saying that the mitzvah is a paradox. It's a little bit you stand in the middle, you don't understand. If you don't understand it totally, they will accept that, but not to chetzi chetzi. But when we're talking about the mitzvah poraduma, which is totally not in the boundaries of the intellect, we don't understand it at all. So over here, the Yetzirah and the nation of the world, they cannot challenge you because they can't tell you that it's not Hashem because Hashem doesn't have to make sense to you. If Hashem, God, is beyond intellect, so it doesn't have to make sense. But what could they do? They could moinim es Yisrael. They can tease you. They can tease you and get you angry. Why? Because they are their argument is they get you upset. Rabbi brings down from Apostle Yeshaya from the, the they get you upset because what is their argument? They're saying, what is this mitzvah? What kind of reason is there? In other words, they're not telling you not to do the mitzvah. But they're just saying, you have to do the mitzvah because that's what Hashem said. However, what you're doing over here is something that is devoid of any meaning. It has no connection to a person. It has no reasoning. So you're just doing things. You're doing senseless things. They're not saying don't do it. They're, doing something. they're getting him angry for trying to tell them that what they're doing is, 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 is things that are not, are not sensible. And that's why Rashi uses Loshan Sotan, not Yitzhahara. Because this expression is, belongs more the Sotan with the idea of Moinim. What is the meaning of the Sotan? Sotan, what does the Sotan do? He disturbs and he makes you uncomfortable when you do something. The Sotan doesn't stop you from doing it. He doesn't totally stop you. Like we see in the Pasuk. So when Bilam was going with the donkey, right? So it says, the angel of Hashem stood down on the way. What did he do? What is the meaning over there? The Malach made it uncomfortable. The Malach didn't stop. But he didn't stop him going to him. I mean, he was disturbing him. He didn't allow him. That's, that's, that's what the Sultan does. And that's why Rashi changes the Lushan. What the Sultan is trying to do He's not trying to exempt you and you're telling you no. Shem is telling you you can't exempt yourself. But the because there is no exemption over here. We're not talking about exempting. Over here, the only issue is uh, the issue is that the Sotan and the nation of the world, they're teasing the Jewish people. And their argument is that this mitzvah has no meaning, has no meaning to it, and there's no reason. So what is going to happen? So it's possible when you get such a kind of a reaction from the Sotan and the Yetzirah, that that's why you will start to question, or you'll start to think about it, about this mitzvah. So that's what the Torah says, En chodoshus laharir, You're not allowed to even maharir, to think over it. You have to do this chukah, fulfill it with vitality, with energy, and with joy. Just like those mitzvahs that you uh, catch with your seichel. Things that you are able to 
understand that you're able to realize, you can rationalize, you should do that with the same way. So, basically, the Rebbe says there's two kinds of challenges. A challenge to a mitzvah that makes sense, that doesn't make sense. Over there, the push is to try to get you and say, hey, it's, it's either or. If it didn't make sense, we understand, but if it makes sense, doesn't make sense, then we have a problem. But in a case like the Chukas Apodah, which it doesn't make sense at all, over there, the challenge is not don't do it because Hashem doesn't make sense. Hashem can tell you things don't make sense. Over there, the challenge is question it and don't be happy doing it because you are doing something which is not a logical explanation. What is the reason actually that we should do it with Simcha? Is because Gzeda, he, no funny, this is a decree. Since Hashem himself is telling you at the mitzvah, Zois this is a Gzeda. So then this should not make you uncomfortable at all. That reasoning, what is the reason? What is the reason? I'm telling you, this is, this is a Gzeda. This is what I'm telling you. So don't let anybody come and start making you uncomfortable when I'm saying to you in the beginning, this is a gazeta. The purpose of this particular mitzvah is actually to just to do it because that's what they have decreed it. So they can't say, oh, what are you doing when it doesn't make any sense? Because that's the purpose of the mitzvah, just to listen to Hashem, do mitzvahs that don't make any sense. And that's why Rashi brings down the words zois not only zois chukas because even though he's just explaining why the Torah wants to say the special chuk over here, because the word of Zaysat Torah, how do we know that this chuk is different than all the chukim? Prashi, we just told you chuk, that this is the special chuk in which they're trying to get you away, is only because you say that the sotan is my name is, and laharachra is because the Torah says, this is the chuk of the Torah. That tells us that this is the uh, special kind of a chukah. Then Rashi explains what the special chukah is. And that's why this is the heading from the Rashi. The Rebbe explains there's two types of challenges in mitzvahs. One challenge is not to do a mitzvah, period. And one challenge is not to do a mitzvah with simcha. If it's a mitzvah, a chukah, which is chatzi logical, chatzi not logical, which is a little bit logical, not logical, then the challenge is against it is not to do it. Because you're saying it doesn't make any sense. And it is a little bit of sensible mitzvah, so it has to make sense. So then the challenge is to not to do the mitzvah at all. That's why the Rashi's language over there is meshivim. They respond, they're trying to get you not to do it. Because it makes, doesn't make sense, and it does make sense. But the challenge for the mitzvah of Aduma doesn't make sense at all. Is not not to do it because they can't tell you not to because it's Hashem's mitzvah who we can't understand Hashem. Of the challenges, don't do it with simcha, don't do it with joy because it has no, it doesn't connect with you. You're just doing something. And what's the response to that? That's what Rashi says, Gizeda What does that mean? That means the mitzvah was given to be a gezeder, to be a decree, so that you know that there are some mitzvahs that we do, even though they don't make sense to us, and we're still doing them.
the Rebbe explained that there is two categories in chukim. There's one chukim which all the mitzvahs, which means that they're a little bit logical, but they have contradictions. We don't understand exactly, so it doesn't make sense. Even things that don't make sense, they're called chukim, but it doesn't mean that they completely doesn't make any sense. It just means that you know, the person has questions and, and contradictions. Some make sense, some don't make sense. And that's what the Rebbe explained. That's why sometimes the Yetzirah can try to tell you, oh, don't do that because it doesn't make any, you know, it doesn't, a little sense, a little nonsense, so it means there's some, somehow something wrong over there. But then you have such mitzvahs that make no sense at all. The Rebbe explained that over there the Yetzirah doesn't tell you don't do those mitzvahs, because, so over there, um, they can't tell you not to do the mitzvah, but what the Yitzhahara tells you, that over there is not the Yitzhahara, the Sotan, they say, yeah, you're doing the mitzvah, but don't do it with such simcha, with energy, because you don't know what you're doing anyways, it doesn't make any sense. So, can't tell you, doesn't make, just that fact that it doesn't make sense at all, in a way, it makes sense because it's the Ebrister's Mitzvah. How could I even expect to understand the Ebrister's Mitzvah? So just the fact that it doesn't make any sense to me is not a reason for me not to do it. It would not be an argument not to do it because everybody knows that I have, on the contrary, how could I understand what the Ebrister's Mitzvah wants? So over there, the Sultan is just trying to disturb you, trying to tell you, hey, you know what, you're doing the Mitzvah, yeah, but uh, what, what kind of Mitzvah is it, you know? What kind of uh, connection do you really have to the mitzvah? If you don't understand it, then it just doesn't relate to you. So those are the two in Yonim. So the Rebbe now is going to bring a proof from the Hasidic Taich, because the Rebbe says the Yenosh of Torah, that's the, called the wine of Torah in Pirush Rashi. That means we know that in Rashi, there's always the hidden parts of Torah, which we can learn out from Rashi. So this concept where the Rebbe explained the Rashi, so basically, Rashi is explaining the chukah of Pora Duma, Zois chukah satoira. This, this is the chukah of Torah. This is not like the other chukah. This is a special chukah. So which means that there's two categories. There's one that makes sense and one that doesn't, that makes sense a little bit. It doesn't, but this is something that make, doesn't make sense at all. This will give us a very good understanding according to the Hasidic interpretation in Chakikah. So basically, to support the Rebbe's explanation in the Rashi, the way Rashi learns fits in with the Hasidic Taich of the word of Chukah. Because Chukah in Hasidic explains that Chukah comes from Russian Chakika, means engraved. And in Hasidic, it explains that there's two types of Chakika. One, when you engrave letters in general. Like if you take, for example, you have a precious stone and you engrave in it, so, there is engraving, and then there is engraving that goes through and through, like by the luchas, it goes through and through. Normally engraving, even though you're engraving it, and the letters are not something addition to it, it's the stone itself, it's from the stone itself, it's unlike the written letters, uh, over there, you're adding something to the parchment, uh, you're writing, you're taking the parchment, and these letters that you're writing, they cover totally the parchment which is beneath the letters. Uh, so 
that is, chakika means to engrave. Chakika is more than just writing. However, uh, still, since the engraving is inside of the stone, it's still somewhat connected to letters of writing. Because, for example, you can take that space and you can fill it with ink. So, the stone has a little bit of something else in it, or at least potentially it has something else. Because also, the, they darken a little bit. The place where you engraved, you have the precious stone, and now by putting the letters in, it brings down from the Maimorim, they cause it to become a little darker. So, which means it's engraved, yes, it's not added, but it still has a little bit of an impact in it. On the other hand, we have letters that are engraved from one side to the other side, like the Isis and the Luchas. Over there, they don't grab hold. Those letters are non-existent at all in this stone. Uh, and they are totally uh, different than just writing letters. This is just a different letter because these are all formed out of the stone itself. And there is not, nothing covering and nothing blocking it. It's, it goes through from side to side. So this is in the memorial it explains. So the Rebbe asked, so since over here we're talking about Chakike and the Pasuk over here, and everything in the Torah is very precise, so we have to say that in the level of Chukim, literally Chukim is lost, the statues that you must do, there are also two types of Chakika. Question is, where do you find two types of Chakika? Oh, according to the way we explained the Rashi, according to the Rashi of above, we understand it. Those category of Chukim that have some logic to it a little bit, they are like the letters that are engraved in a precious stone. Which means they also allow, there's sort of an additional it's not ink, it's not separately, but there is something more to the stone now that you engraved. But when we say, the special paraduma, this special chukah, that is totally not in the boundaries of the intellect, it's certainly not. And that is similar to engraved letters that go from one side to the other side. So basically what the Rebbe did over here, he wanted to prove his point in Rashi, that it fill, fits in together with the other ideas which the Rebbe brings down from the other memorial. In Chakika, it talks about there's two levels. Now the Rebbe says, here you see, Rashi tells you, in the, literally in the mitzvahs of Chukim, there's also two different Chukim. And the Rebbe explains this in Oisei a little bit clearer, and he um, wants to explain the idea of a chukim, a statue, a command of the Ebrister, which doesn't have a reason to the idea of Chakika. What, what, what's the connection between a non-reasonable mitzvah, we call it chukim, to the idea of engraved? So it explains like this. A Jew naturally wants to fulfill what Hashem wants. That's his nature. So this nature, where does it come from? It comes from the essence of the soul which is above the intellect. 
your essence of this soul wants to do is connected to the Ebrister. And when does it uh, show? When do we see the Etzim HaNeshama? It comes mainly when you do a Chukim. When you do not reasonable mitzvahs, when you do mitzvahs that are not logical, that's when you see your essence of the soul is doing it. When you do a mitzvah which is like celebrating Pesach and Eidus, it's a testimony to something. Or you do a mishpatim, a logical mitzvah which makes sense, you know, giving tzedakah, for example, helping somebody, things that make sense. So you have a reason for it. There's a lot, they have an explanation why you're doing it. So then you can't see the, 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 the purely that he's doing it because he wants to do, his soul wants to do a mitzvah. Because the intellect is sort of an, an addition, because it also makes sense to your seichel. It's something which in your mind makes sense. So the seichel that is added over here, especially... One's intellect is something which is inside and it is connected, it's united with your soul, which understands, nefesh hamaskelos. So that blocks at least a little bit on your clear, I'm doing it because that's what I want to do. I want to do Hashem's will. So the fact that you have a reason that takes away from that simple will. But when you do a mitzvah chukim, so basically if you're doing a logical mitzvah, since it also makes sense to you, you don't see your soul expressed in it so much, your essence of your soul, because you're also doing it because it makes sense. So that, that sense sort of blocks your essence of your will. But when you do a mitzvah chukim, when there is no mixture over there, it doesn't, combine any of the person's intellect or reasons so then you see that's a manashama why are you doing it you're doing it because you add some the soul there's no reason there's no cycle over there that's the connection from chukim to hakika because the advantage of chukim uh, over edus and mishpatim is the similar to the advantage of engravement over writing letters that are written because they are added to the parchment. That's why, because they're added, they cover uh, on the, with the writing, they cover the parchment. But the letters of Hakika, since they're not something from the outside, they are not added to the Evan Toiv, they're not added to the stone itself, so therefore they don't block, because then you see, oh, all what you see is the stone. That's the general difference between where there is logic, where there is logic that's considered like letters on paper, and where there is no logic, where there's a hook, when there is just a hook, then you don't see anything mixed in, there's no seichel there, then you see the essence of the soul. Within the chukim itself, we can understand these two categories of the chukim is also similar to the two ways of chakika. Since we're saying that the intellect blocks on the essence of the neshama, the, when there is an intellectual understanding, so then we understand 
that even when you're doing such chukim that have a, still a general understanding, because we talked about the difference between the two chukim, one of them have a general understanding, but we have contradictions over there. So when you have a general understanding, so that general understanding, even though you have conflict, it's still a chukah, still that hides a little bit on the rotsen, the as rotsen, because even though you're doing the mitzvah, but you're not doing something which is totally unreasonable, it has a little bit of to it. And therefore, the essence of the soul is not fully, completely revealed. This would be similar to the engravement in a precious stone, which do darken a little bit the purity, the shine of the Evan Toiv, of the good stone. In the place where you engrave, the precious stone doesn't shine over there in that area where the engravement is. But then we say, This is a chukas This is totally beyond rationale. Totally beyond seichel. Then that becomes like chakika from one side for the other side. Which means there is no place to hold on to letters over here. Nothing is holding up. There is no blockage at all. That comes out. The mitzvah that you do, like a mitzvah like paraduma, which is the only mitzvah technically, which has that level of chukah. Over there, you see the essence of the neshama because nothing blocks it. There is no seichel to block it at all. But here the Rebbe says, so here normally where we talk about, it seems like uh, we're trying to measure the level of the letters. And we're saying letters that are written ink, those letters are not such a high madrega because they're ad- additives. Chakika, meiver leiver, they get it. But there's also a different, the advantage of chakika from side to side more than just plain chakika is not only in regards to the letters that were engraved, that we're saying. Engraved letters are a little darkened, the other ones are totally, uh, and that when they go through, there is not, nothing holding those letters, they just go through, the, they penetrate through the stone, but also the stone itself that is being engraved. So when you have generally chakika in general, without going from side to side, just like when you engrave a precious stone, by way of example. So the only part that is being engraved is only the outer layer of it. It's the outer, this, the, the external level of the stone that gets the engravement. But when you engrave from one side to the other side, so then what you're engraving, that stone gets through from corner to corner, through and through, uh, from the one that you are engraving it. So, what do we have the most? Everything is precise. So we have to say that the connection, when we say that is from one to the other one, is not only because that when you do the mitzvah, which has no sense, 
you're doing it with Kabbalah soil. You're doing it fully accepting the yoke. So that would be your letter is totally uh, fully, no seichel, nothing is blocking it. You're only doing it for Hashem. You're only doing it because the Ratzim, the Etzim, Hanushama, the Kabbalah soil. Because there's no seichel there. Because there's nothing to block it. So everything, what's expressed, so what we're saying is, when you're doing a mitzvah like the Paraduma, over there, it's purely your etzem haneshama because there's no seichel there at all. There's nothing to block it at all. But that change, that's the expression, that's the issue, that's the Kabbalah soil. But who gets that Kabbalah soil? The Yid who practices the Kabbalah soil. That Kabbalah oil, which is engraved in the person, you're accepting the yoke, which means you're doing it just for Hashem, that's it. But what happens when you do it? So what happens to the person who's doing that mitzvah with total essence uh, of the neshama, without reason, uh, is when you do this, that it penetrates the person, his entire existence, it goes through and through. Rebbe explains that. So when you do such a mitzvah, it's not only that we're doing the mitzvah with yeses in the shama, but it affects you that it takes through just like those letters that are engraved that go through and through, and there's no place without that doesn't that it doesn't reach. So the Rebbe explains this. He says possibly. Uh, the Alter Rebbe says in the Kutatoyda. On the Pasuk, so the Al-Tarebbe says, uh, as mitzvahs para aduma is the general Torah. Why does it say, Al-Tarebbe asks, why does it say, this is the rule of the Torah. It says, this is the rule of the Torah. Why does it say, this is the rule of the Torah? So he explained that take, that the mitzvah para aduma is the general Torah. Because this mitzvah, it's not just one of the 613, it's not one mitzvah, but the mitzvah paradum is a central to all the Torah. The Al-Tarebbe explains over there, look at the Torah, that uh, the, normally there is two, two, the service of Hashem is rotsui, thrusting towards Hashem, and then coming back into the world. This is the way rotsui should. And that is something in all the mitzvah that we should want to connect with Hashem and then come down into this world. But where does it express itself in a very great deal? That's in the mitzvah of Poraduma. Okay? So, so, here we have a big problem. We have a big problem based on the explanation that the Rebbe just gave. So the Rebbe is sort of questioning his, his, his explanation. Because the whole point that the Rebbe was trying to bring out from this Rashi and from this Hakika Api Hasidis, that there is something unique about the mitzvah Paraduma. This is a special mitzvah. It's different than all the mitzvahs. But here the Alta Rebbe says the reason we call the Zeus Chukas because this is the generality of all the mitzvahs. So how do we reconcile these both? things that on one hand we're saying that this is the general mitzvah, then we're saying no, 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 
This is a unique mitzvah. This is the only mitzvah which doesn't have any logic to it, totally not. This is the only mitzvah which is chakika, which is Kabbalah soil. This is the only mitzvah that penetrates you through and through. But the Alter Rebbe says it's called Zeish Chukas because this is all the mitzvahs are Ratzivisha. So the Rebbe says, according to Rashi, that with the language of Zeish Chukas the Pasik wants to emphasize that the Paraduma is the only chukah of the whole Torah, and therefore it's separated, it's different from all the mitzvahs from the Torah, even from Chukim. How could this fit with the meaning that Zeish Chukas points to the fact that it's connected to all the mitzvahs? That's why we call it Zeish Chukas Okay, so you say there's two interpretations, because we know Shivim Ponim La Torah, there's 70 faces, so one explanation of Likut Torah, and one explanation from the Rashi, the way the Rebbe learns it over here. And doesn't mean that it's a contradiction. They both come from the Ebrister. You can have different interpretations. But then we know that the Alter Rebbe said that Pirush Rashi on the Chumash is Yeno Shil Torah. That's the wine of Torah. And what does it mean, the wine of Torah? That the wine of Torah expresses itself. The wine, the hidden meaning of Torah in the simple in the simplicity of Rashi, you can see the wine of Torah. So therefore, the Rebbe says, it makes sense to say, not only are they not, these con- interpretation not contradictory, each other, but on the contrary. The Rebbe said, we have to explain, that they explain, and they actually complement uh, each other. Which means, that this concept, that Torah Duma, separates itself from all other mitzvahs, which we're saying, in the simple meaning of the Pasuk, this is the special chukah, that makes it the rule of all mitzvahs of the Torah. Which means, as we learn the Pnimis HaTorah, as the Rebbe will explain. So how does this explain? So we're saying, it's not two separate purushim, it's actually one of the same purushim. When you're doing Zois Chukas HaToyre, the Mitzvah Parah Duma, it becomes, through that, it becomes the rule of all the Mitzvahs. So the Rebbe explains like this. There's a Maimer that the Rebbe, the Balasim Chavagula, which is talking about, this was Yud Beis Tammuz, when the Rebbe said this, uh, this talk. Actually, the date that the Rebbe spoke about it was Parshas Chukas, but that was in the vicinity of Yud Beis Tammuz. So the previous Rebbe in the Maimer, uh, uh says over there, let me see here, I lost my place. So he said, on the day of Yud Beis Tammuz, of the year that he was freed, uh, and he says over there, in that Maimer, he explains the idea of Eidus, Mishpatim, and Chukim, the different categories of Eidus, Mishpatim, and Chukim. So when he explains the category of Chukim, that they're not based according to the reason, but they're just a Gezeda, it's a decree, the Pasuk tells you, you have to do so, so he brings a proof in the Maimer, the previous Rabbi. He says, like we find in the Rashi, in the beginning, on the Pasuk, Zeish Chukas and quotes from the Rashi, because the Sotan 
and the nations of the world, they tease the Jewish people. Why are you doing this mitzvah? And the Abishta responds, this is a decree from before me. You have no right to question, to think about it. You have no time to to, to That's what he brings down the previous Rebbe. And following that, immediately he continues. That even when you do fulfill mitzvahs, which are intellectually, intellectual mitzvahs, which means mitzvahs that make sense, according to Seichel, you also must do them with Kabbalah's oil. Specifically, just like you do the chukim. Just like you do chukim. Because the Ebishter told you to do so, the same has to be when you do mitzvahs that make sense, you also do them because of chukim. But the Rebbe says, what? It doesn't make any sense. Because, first of all, first of all, the Rebbe says, this idea that you have to do, uh, that there's such a thing as chukim, there's many times, Rashi has said it, many times, that chukim are something which the Pasuk decreed. Why did the, why did the previous Rebbe choose to bring specifically the Rashi in the Parshish Chukas? Why did he choose this Rashi? And he specifically says this is in Apostle Zeus Somehow he wants to tell us about this Pasuk over here. What is the reason for choosing this Pasuk? What's the inner reason for choosing the Pasuk? You know, you can say very easily, this was, uh, he wanted to bring the Parshavua, that, that week, that, that Parsha was uh, next to the Geula, the Parsha Chukas was near Yud Beis And he brings also the words Zois Chukas there's another interpretation. Uh, this is the rule of the Torah, means Metargemine Dogzeres Araisa. A lot of times, uh, when there's a Chaz V'Shalom, a decree on a person, Tzoros, like the previous Rebbe, went through the, um, the Tzoros and the uh, imprisonment and everything else, he says, well, this is the decree of the Torah. The Torah, this comes from the Ebishter, that's brought down in Svarim, that this is the meaning of Zosh So it's very possible that the previous Rebbe wanted to bring from the Posik of the Parsha, he also wanted to say, this is the decree, the Torah said that we got to go through the suffering, and that's it, Re- referencing his situation. That's a very external reason. Uh, and uh, so therefore we have to say uh, that there must be something, the inner reason. What's the inner reason? So the Rebbe says like this, when the Rebbe brings down this Rashi, the Rebbe wants to bring a proof, not just to this concept that uh, he was talking about, that Chukah uh, means a decree of the Pasuk, but he also is trying to tell us what he's going to continue, that the logical mitzvahs that we just said need to be done just like Chukim. That's why he's bringing this Pasuk, not just to tell you there's Chukim. That he has other here. He wants to show you how the chukim, every mitzvah has to be done, even seichav did the chukim. Since the word says there's zois chukas which means also that this is the chukah of all of the Torah, that this is the klolos ha So that means that all the mitzvahs, all the details, you have to fulfill 
with Kabbalah Sun, which is higher than the person's intellect. Because we're saying, Torah has all kinds of mitzvahs. But we're saying to you, this is the decree of Torah, that just like when you fulfill this general mitzvah of Paraduma, which is a chukah, this is actually the chukah for all the Torah. The law of the Paraduma is what needs to be coming out in all of the details. Because the details have to be similar. They come from the rule. So all of our mitzvahs, including the mitzvahs, the logical mitzvahs, they all need to be from Zeus Chukas, from the Poradum. One can ask a question. He says, what does, but the, who said that there is three categories? The Torah says, you're going to ask the question, the three categories, Eidus, Mishpotim, and Chukim. In the Torah, the Torah makes distinctions According to Torah. Here you're telling me everything has to be done chukim, but the distinctions is, is clearly made in the Torah. Torah itself says that there are such mitzvahs which don't have a reason, and Torah calls them chukim. And the same time, the same Torah tells you also that there are mitzvahs that do have a reason, and they're called edus, and they're called mishpatim. So that means that the Torah itself wants that the mitzvahs that are edus, you should observe. Why do you observe them? Because they're a testimony. We make Pesach, we make Shabbos, to remember the Abishta created with. That's what the Abishta wants. And the mitzvahs that are mishpatim, logical, the Abishta wants that we should do them because there is an obligation. Logic tells you that you got to do the mitzvah. So how could you say now that all the mitzvahs you have to fulfill because you're accepting the yoke, they're just like chokim. How could you say that? When the Torah still makes the distinction. So the explanation is in this that that itself never goes always uh, one step deeper. There is a, the, this itself that the logical mitzvahs are done because of logic that itself has to be because you accept the yoke you're not doing them because of logic. In other words, it means only because the Eibishter decreed that the observance of these mitzvahs should be reasonable. It's not because they make sense to me. It's because Hashem says they make sense to me. So that's why I'm doing them. I'm doing them because Hashem says that some mitzvahs should do them because they make sense. But it's all based, Hashem says we should do them because it makes sense. Not I'm doing them because I say it makes sense. It says that, Hashem says, I want you to do these mitzvahs in a, in a way that you will understand these mitzvahs. But not that I'm doing the mitzvahs because they make sense to me. Just like when you do, we fulfill the mitzvahs, that you need to do it, the same thing is actually with regards to the mitzvahs themselves, the mitzvah. When Hashem, the Supreme Will, that Hashem wants edus, the testimonies, mishpatim, the logical mitzvahs. This is not a logical, this is Hashem's will, is a will which is an essence will of Hashem, which is higher than intellect, is higher than the level of chokhmah. But that true is gzeda himufonai. This is a decree, it comes from Hashem, 
that Eberster wants that that rotzin of the mitzvahs shall dress up in tam v'seichel, to have a reason and a seichel. So basically, they come, everything comes from beyond seichel. And something Hashem says, I decree this level of mitzvah should come down in seichel, this should come down in, in edus, this should come down in chukim. But they all come from not, they all come from Kabbalah, they all come from a, from a rotzin asmi. And this is the inner reason the Rebbe says, well, it says, Zoyz chukas Although that the Porah Duma is the general of all the mitzvahs, which is Rotzin Ha'elyin, and Torah is Chochmah. We're saying, Zoyz Chukas Torah. Torah by definition is wisdom, is Chochmah. Chuka is not reason. So we're saying chukas ha In other words, it's a non-reasonable thing for it to come down in Torah. That's what the Abraham wanted. It's a chukah that it should be in Torah. So we're saying we're doing the Parah Duma, which is the general mitzvah, which is the chukah, and we're saying it's Torah in Chochmah. This is to emphasize that it's not only because of the mitzvah itself, um, which is um, not only the mitzvah itself, in other words, the actual doing. We're saying that the person, the way he does the mitzvah, so that there's a, some mitzvahs you do uh, are a gazeter. More than just saying, we're not only. Yes, first of all, all the mitzvahs are chukim. But we're trying to say that the Torah, the laws that's in them, in other words, the fact that they came into wisdom and understanding, and they came into logic, it all comes from the level of chukah, the origination of this Torah, the origination of the reasoning. It's not only how you should perform the mitzvah, but the mitzvah itself comes from a source which is which is uh, beyond reason, and that's the gzeda that dressed up into the level of of of, of chokhmah. However, uh, how is this possible? Still not understood. How is it possible that logic should be because of kabbalah? So, so your logic and Understanding and Kabbalah soil and accepting are two opposites. How can I do something? I'm saying, well, forced to do because of logical. And that's why we tell you that it engraves from one extreme to the other extreme, which means that it takes through the entire essence of the Jew through and through. So the mitzvahs, they take through the chukah, take it through like from one side of When something is engraved in a person only as in the level of letters that are engraved in a precious stone, that means that it's actually engraved in the person, not like written, which are written on top of the parchment. But still, it doesn't come to the essence of his soul. So then... 
just like when something is engraved, it doesn't really touch your deep inner. So, same thing is uh, uh, the person is also not fully um, engraved in his external powers. Basically, um, it doesn't reach all your depth when you're uh, engraving the stone. Um, it also doesn't fully um, engrave even in your external powers. It doesn't reach deep, so even external, it's not fully engraved. But when you talk about the soil, since it is engraved by it from one side to the other side, which means his whole essence, that's why he can also come to the very external powers. Because all powers of the person are connected to his essence. This is the meaning from one extreme to the other extreme. From the deepest to the external. Basically, so it means something which doesn't go so deep doesn't also engrave externally so much. Something which goes through from through from one end to the other end encompasses you for, for, for completely. Therefore, this Kabbalah's oil um, can also can also impact the power of the intellect. And also in your understanding of the mitzvahs from Edus and Mishpatim, you shall sense not the intellect by itself, but you see this is Hashem's Gezerim. In that level, when it penetrates in every aspect, even in the external, like in the Seichel, you can still feel that essence of the Chakika. Because the essence of the soul includes and impacts all powers. And this is also fits with the fact that the chukah poraduma, which is distinguished from all other chukim, it encompasses two opposites. On one hand, it was done outside of all three camps, it was done outside, it wasn't the Kedusha. And yet, you face the oil made when you sprinkle the blood. So a yid, his essence which means the part that goes through from one extreme to the other, Chakika, Meiver Leiver, even if you are outside of all three camps, which means you're externally very far, still you are intending you're facing the, the Hechel. So you could be the worst part, the outside of three Machas means totally away from the Kedusha, and yet you can face the, 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 the Mizbech. So the Rebbe says, we can say, 
that this is also the connection from the Parshas Chukas to Yud Beis Tammuz, and therefore we read it many years in the Shabbos that precedes Yud Beis Tammuz, as we will read this year. Or at least it's close to Gimel Tammuz. Uh, at that point, it was also given freedom to the Rebbe. It started the Gimel. To the extent that also in the Maimer, which was said, the first Yud Beis Tammuz, they bring down the Rashi on the Pesach, so you see there's a connection to the Pashukotayim. The Rebbe, the Balasimcha Vagula, the previous Rebbe, all of his days he was absorbed and he was totally encompassed. It took through all his fully with the service of Mesir Snafesh Bepoyal. And yet, notwithstanding that he was totally always encompassed fully with Mesir Snafesh, yet all of his activities, all of his matters were always in a settled way. Even when he said that he worked, the great service that they worked to trying to spread Torah and strengthen Yiddishkeit, that was all, and that was brought, the, that brought the president before Yibistamus. Although it didn't have any logical explanation why he would be doing this kind of work, even logic of Kedusha, even holy logic, didn't make sense what the what the freedom was doing. And what did you see? You saw openly by the he said you saw the uh, his 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 openly. What did you see by the Rebbe? You see Mr. Snefesh in actuality, which is way beyond